Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Yeah, hey, look who sauntered on in here. The gun guy, Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor. Happy Friday, Guy. How are you? Man, great. And uh, it's great to be here with you guys on a Friday. This is a, a unique opportunity for me. I'm looking forward to it. Tell me about Hunter Biden's gun charges. He's been indicted. I think there's a couple different charges. How serious are these charges? What do they mean? Could he spend any time in prison? Have you seen people go to prison for these types of charges before? Oh, yeah. And 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 I've actually uh, represented uh, more than one client on, on all of these issues these uh, charges or each of them um and the the first one is is basically lying on the the 4473 form in order to be, to buy a gun the 4473 is the form that you fill out when you go in to buy a gun in a gun store you have to answer certain questions one of those is are you a user of or addicted to any illegal drugs he checked no um and then he certified that and if you lie to a gun dealer, whether on that form or otherwise, in order to get a gun, that's 10 years in federal prison. As and a it wasn't like sentence. he accidentally did the wrong thing or didn't know what he was doing. Later, went on to brag about a lot of this stuff in a book. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, I mean, and prosecutors love nothing more <laughs> than when they can use your own words against you. And and when when you know he's quoting exactly when he was going through his struggles with crack cocaine. Although, I don't know, based on recent discoveries in the White House, perhaps his issues with cocaine aren't quite over. We don't, we don't know exactly. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, they can use his own words against him, including in his autobiography, um, to talk about when he was addicted to or a user of cocaine. And it was clearly in this time frame. Then there's an almost identical charge, which is he lied on a form that's maintained, that is required to be maintained by a gun dealer as part of its records. That's a separate charge. That's another five years. And then because he is, or according to the indictment, a user of or addicted to illegal drugs, he's prohibited from possessing a firearm. So there's lying on the form to buy his gun, and then there's possessing a gun as a prohibited possessor because he's a user of or addicted to illegal drugs, that's also 10 years in prison. So you add all that up, if he were to go to trial and get convicted, and if a judge really wanted to be ornery about it and uh, sentence him to consecutive sentences, he's looking at 25 years in federal prison. But if you're a first-time offender, which somehow this is a first (laughs) offense for Hunter Biden, um, it's looking more and more likely Like, this is going to be a slap on the wrist. Now, if this were not Hunter Biden, guy, if this were anybody in their car listening to us right now that doesn't have a dad that's the president of the United States, what would be the most likely sentence for that well, person it depends on what county you're in right i mean if you're in ryan mears's court well you're yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're getting an ankle yeah, brace and, and, and you're, here you're, you're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're here you're talking about federal district and and listen for someone with right. with with quote unquote no criminal history first of all you're not going to get consecutive sentences secondly there's um what they call the federal sentencing guidelines 
that apply. And you get you get pluses uh, for some things and negatives for others. Like you get plus if you accept accountability and, and cooperate with the investigation. There's a minus if there are multiple guns involved. The fact that it's just one gun involved, if he would come in, admit everything, accept responsibility, then it would be at way at the low end, and a, a, a plea agreement would very likely be to drop the two 10-year uh, potential uh, sentence charges and having plead to the five-year and uh, and then be on the low end of that. And I'm sure his lawyer at that point would argue for just probation. Right. Now, this is a, still a felony conviction. Even the five-year, it's a felony conviction. So if he gets arrested and convicted on, uh, he's been indicted. He gets convicted on this felony. Um, he, I, I could easily see a lawyer arguing that he should only get probation and not do any time in jail. I could see. If, I would not be shocked. Like if I had a, a client sitting in my office right now with these charges, I'd say, listen, what we do, we'll reach a plea, we'll get everything else dismissed, we'll we'll have you plead to the five-year. And uh, and then we'll argue you should only get probation. And the U.S. attorney would most likely say, we'll leave that up to the judge. And the judge can then say, well, no, I'm going to give you six months or I'm going to give you a year. Be you totally know me. I'm a judge. betting man. Like, I've got the degenerate special coming up in just a little bit. I'm setting the over under on jail time at 0.5. <laughs> yeah. And I'm taking the under. 0.5 years? Days. Yeah. Days. Guy, days, guy. Days. <laughs> guy, I'm reading a little bit about the original plea deal that blew up. You remember yeah, with right, the sure. uh, tax fraud charges and some other stuff. But the gun charges in that original plea deal include included something called a diversion agreement. Right. And I'm reading here that the the court did not have to approve the diversion agreement. In other words, the judge, in fact, quote here, quote, in fact, it's not entirely clear this will go to trial at all. Hunter's legal team will demand that the court restore the diversion agreement because the judge did not have to approve that part of the process. Which means he could. Uh, what is a diversion agreement? And well, a diversion agreement is where you basically say, "I did it." Um, you know, you give up, but in response to that, um, they say they 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 impose certain diversion restrictions. Like in this case, that you say, "Go to drug rehab or or do drug education and rehabilitate, yeah. whatever it might yeah, yeah, yeah. be," and and then you stay out of trouble for the diversion period, which can be a year, can be two years, can be longer, but you stay out of trouble for the diversion period. You go, you you meet any requirements they impose, and then they just dismiss the charge. Yeah, so that's what I'm reading here. This this article, according to this article. The diversion agreement is still in force since a judge didn't have to approve that diversion See, agreement really, in that original plea deal. That's really rare because the plea, plea agreements, and I've not seen the actual diversion agreement itself. Yeah. I understand the, those arguments are going on out there, but typically diversion agreements or plea agreements, either one, they say they're built right into them. This is conditional upon the acceptance of this agreement by the court. And um, and if it, it doesn't have that provision, then somebody's going to be pointing a finger at a U.S. attorney saying, you know, why'd you give this issue away and uh, not require that? Because you know, if, if if it's an agreement between Biden and his team and the U.S. attorney's office, and it's not uh, dependent on acceptance by a judge, then absolutely they have that argument. And I'll tell you what, it's they've crazy. also got another he can skate on these charges. Man. They've got another really good argument going for him. Again, I'm not rooting for Hunter Biden, and it's rare. I'm looking at this, you know, also as a Second Amendment advocate. I, get it. I understand, yeah, because because because. 
um, there's a really good argument. In fact, there was just a recent case, Daniels versus U.S. in the Fifth Circuit, held that the statute we're talking about, about how if you're a, a, a user of or addicted to illegal drugs, that was unconstitutional, and, and at least as to the defendant involved in that case, because there's not this long uh, history and tradition of depriving people who simply occasionally use drugs or other illegal substances from possessing a gun. So under the Bruin analysis that you guys and I have talked about several times, looks at what's the right, what's the definition, text, history, tradition, what's the history and tradition of regulating this particular right, it said, look, there's that this case, Daniels in the Fifth Circuit, which may likely go up to the Supreme Court, we'll have to see. It said, look, there's a long history of saying if you're actually drunk or debilitated, then you can't possess a firearm. But there's not a history of regulating firearms to say if you just occasionally use uh, a recreational drug that you're prohibited from possessing a firearm. And uh, now that was as applied to a guy who smoked pot every now and then. Well, look at those states that approved, uh, that legalized medicinal marijuana on the state level, still uh, level whatever one drug on the federal level. Did we talk one. about this? Schedule yeah, one it's drug? A, it's, a, it's at the very highest level. It's right up there with heroin. So even though it's approved at the state level, it can prohibit you from owning a gun. Yes. And they would enforce those laws. Absolutely. and and That's this, interesting. And this decision out of the Fifth Circuit would do away with that. So clearly his team is going to turn around and say, there's not a long uh, history and tradition of depriving people who just occasionally recreationally use crack cocaine. Now, that's a harder argument than with marijuana for obvious reasons. <laughs> right, right. But uh, they're going to clearly float that argument. And, and they'll have the Bruin case behind them, which you guys and I have talked about a lot. So we got about a minute left here, Guy. What's next in this whole process? We've had a whole, you know, couple days of Hunter Biden indicted, Hunter Biden indicted. What's next? Are we going to get a mugshot? Are we going to get a perp walk? Like the same things everybody wanted for Donald Trump. Are we going to get that with Hunter Biden? Well, when you've been indicted, um, they're going to schedule it for an indictment uh, and uh, an arraignment. Excuse me. They're going to schedule it for an arraignment. And that typically means you just you and your lawyer show up. And uh, and they read you your charges. They tell you what your rights are, um, and then and then occasionally they will they have you surrender to the probation department at that time. So it's not really a perp walk kind of thing. I don't see you know FBI agents or ATF agents showing up at Hunter's house and hauling him off in handcuffs. But then after that all happens, then the the real uh, litigation starts. And what you're going to see is a motion to dismiss based on the statute being unconstitutional. You're going to see a motion to dismiss based on the issue Nige brought up, which is that the the diversion agreement prohibits this prosecution. You're going to see a whole bunch of pretrial wrangling. And then eventually you're going to see a plea agreement right along the lines of what we just talked about. He is the best 2A attorney in the country. Guy Relford, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.